composition and layout. A face of everybody and no one in particular. No, I genuinely am an artist and... I do art all day long. Most artists don't make a living out of what they're doing. I dream about it at night, trying to get those letter forms. I'm obsessed with art. Hello and welcome to this episode of Art Related Nonsense. My name's Stuart from Inspiring City and today I am with Louise McNaught. Hi Louise. Hi Stuart. Louise, we've been trying to get together for a while, haven't we? Yes, <laughs> yes, several times. Um, we've actually managed to do it this time, so... Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, you've got a lovely... Uh, well, it's, I suppose it's because of locations, isn't it? You've moved to the southwest London now, haven't you? Yeah, and May was just mentally, manically busy with art events and things, so... Yeah, we're into June now, so nearly the end of June. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we've managed it. What's your, what's your studio like? What's, uh, what's it like? At the moment, it's really hot because obviously it hasn't got any sort of cooling system or anything in it. But usually it's quite nice. But at the moment, it's boiling because of the hot weather. But it's, it's just like a sort of glamorized shed in the back garden. But it's like about six, six meters long, three meters wide. And yeah, it's just perfect, really. I needed somewhere that wasn't the spare bedroom because I use so many sort of spray paints and varnishes and things that aren't really good for the house. So. I feel I get to, to know your studio quite well because I follow your Instagram stories. <laughs> a lot of them happen in my, my studio, don't they? Yeah, most of the stuff happens in there. Unless there's loads of things drying, um, then I sometimes take stuff into the house to do. But I try and keep it all in there if I can. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, um, I mean, in, in terms of your studio, when you, when you sort of moved to the southwest, do you need that sort of solitude and, and, and stuff like that? That's... I mean, I was looking to move to East London um, at the time I found out I was pregnant and that kind of changed our plans hugely because I really wanted to live in London because that's where um, a lot of my galleries are and everything but um, it's not just about you when you have a baby so I thought I'd move near a family and stuff and I could still commute in but it would be a nice place for um, her to grow up and everything. Oh so, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I can imagine. I suppose that so it changed your whole sort of perspective yeah it, it completely changed my sort of perspective and um, work-life balance and, and everything like that but, be, but beforehand you were sort of an, an, an East End girl is that right is that well I was I was here so often I mean even when I had my solo show I was in the in the gallery every day because it was technically a residency um, and so I was here for like six to eight weeks or something straight uh, doing my first solo show in Viner Street when was that? What sort of? What, when was? When was that? Were we talking like? It was 2013. It was hot. I think it was the summer. You know, no, it was the summer because it was actually during that residency I found out I was pregnant. So it was all a bit like, oh my god, yeah, it was all happening. <laughs> so I mean, can, are you able to to map your career in some way? Have you able to look back and see the sort of relevant staging posts that have led you to this point? I suppose, yeah, I tried to get into art university two or three times. And so the first time I tried um, was when I was living in Bristol, straight after I'd been to college, so the natural progression was on to uni, but I applied for an art illustration course and I only made the shortlist, I didn't get onto the course, so that kind of, I don't know, it kind of threw me off. I didn't paint for a couple of years and I just did lots of odd jobs and things. And then we moved to Scotland and so I tried again when we lived in Edinburgh. I didn't get into their university doing fine art. So I just joined local art groups, but didn't really have a sort of particular focus. And we moved back down to Tunbridge Wells. And then I finally got into um, an art university there. I thought I'd have one more try. <laughs> <laughs> 
and that's the University of Greenwich and um, they had a campus in Tunbridge Wells so that's where I did my degree and it really focused me and I found my sort of I suppose art voice artistic voice and um, I started applying for galleries and yeah I suppose that's where it's all, uh, all sort of properly started. So a little bit of resilience there you know you've, you've tried to try to get into a couple of, of unis to sort of do your art and well it's weird it's like I've always known that this is what I'm supposed to do I just didn't know how to do it how to get into it because it's not as if it's like there's no sort of um, you know like it's not like becoming a doctor or something it's not a sort of straightforward entry into the art world so yeah I kind of I yeah I fumbled a lot and I, I didn't really know but I think for me I mean a lot of artists don't need to do a degree but for me I found it really helpful sort of focus my artwork finding my voice because it exposed me to sort of you obviously have to do loads of um, go to loads of shows as part of your course and and, and just exposing yourself to that all that kind of yeah it really just gelled everything together for me I guess. So you say you always knew you wanted to be a, be an artist. So mm. from, from, what, from what sort of age was that? Really young. I mean, um, there's photographs of me as like I'm sitting in a high chair and I'm you know drawing shapes and stuff. Mum said it was just it was there from the start. But I think I've got a vivid memory of when I'm about eight, sort of announcing that I was going to be an artist to my parents' sort of dismay, and and it, that's that's what I wanted to be and it's what I've always wanted to be um, and I kind of I didn't really waver from it um, at school it was always like my best subject and it's all I wanted to do what was that memory like how did you announce that <laughs> to your parents oh god I just I just remember saying I, I know what I want to be I, I'm gonna be an artist and you know because I, I there's lots of photographs there's photographic evidence of me you know drawing animals and I've, I started using oil paints when I was really little as well because my mom had this set given to her for her wedding and she never used it and so I, I started using it and um, loved it and yeah but you know because my parents are not artists they they all found it very confusing because <laughs> um, yeah, as I was saying one's a maths and physics teacher or was a maths and physics teacher and the other one's a financial advisor so it's very very different from the worlds they they were in so yeah. art didn't run in the family then it did it not no not at all I don't think I went to an art museum until I was I don't know 17 18 and that was with the school yeah, so it really came sort of naturally and just uh... Yeah, it was, it, was, it was just always there. I, I don't really know, I don't really know where it came from. So tell me what you, what, what you, what you do now. What, what, what sort of art is it that you're known for at the moment? Oh, people, people say that they recognise my work with the sort of upward drips and the bright colours, the bright backgrounds on some of them. Previously it was the neon, the neon colours, but the drips have always kind of been upwards, I think, at least in the last five, six years they have been. And that's something that I sort of started doing in my degree. So I suppose the animals are quite realistic looking. So you mentioned the sort of the, the neon um, yeah. work as well. Can you just, what was that? That's what I started doing at uni because I was sort of experimenting with um, the opposite of what's natural because I was obviously drawing very natural things, animals, and I was experimenting with the opposite of what's natural and so neon came into that because it's a very unnatural colour and it, I liked the way how it made the, look, the animals look like they'd been contaminated by something unnatural and so I was kind of experimenting more with that and gold leaf came in because you don't really get gold in nature either it's very sort of man-made and yeah all that came from that really it all came from my degree and experimentation in my degrees and then you've sort of developed much more into much more what would you describe as photorealistic would you say I think it's yeah quite realistic I mean I was still doing realistic animals as alongside of it but um yeah, I'd say in the last few years it's become more sort of going back to the sort of realistic kind of animals um, in a very contemporary 
setting. And I notice there's a little bit of maybe fantasy there as well. So with the, the hummingbirds and the bees, they've, they've got flames coming out of them. And yeah, I suppose, yeah, um, and I've done a unicorn. I, I remember the unicorn <laughs> with, with the, sparkly, the sparkly background. Yeah, there's, yeah, that came from, I started painting it during the whole phase where they were making that guy Trump president. It was called Fuck Reality, and I was painting it around that time, and it was around the time my little girl was getting into My Little Pony, so it all ended up in a sort of unicorn painting. But yeah, no, it's mainly, um, yeah, I suppose there's, yeah, there is a bit of fan fantasy element in them as well. But I guess because they're kind of a visual metaphor sometimes with the flames and things like that, because um, it's literally like we're setting them on fire, especially the bees. Yeah, because they're falling, are they falling from the sky sometimes? Yeah, they are, because, um, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff about bees in the last few years, how their numbers are declining rapidly and how we're just obliterating them with pesticides. And I suppose that's why I've started doing them on, on fire and things. Um, I've also done birds on fire, I started doing birds on fire as well. It just kind of goes with the falling and the, the fact that they're becoming endangered. It's like we're just... Um, obliterating. Is that an unconscious thing then, the, the fantasy element, would you say? I think, I think so, because I don't know, I'm not quite sure where these ideas come from, but I'll just, yeah, I'll, I suppose painting is kind of a bit like meditating sometimes. You're in your sort of zone and then these ideas come out of nowhere. I was like, oh, they should be on fire. And then I sort of, I, I, I sort of, I don't know if I pitch my idea to my husband, I just sort of tell him and he's like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll see how that looks. And then, yeah, and then I'll just have to do it very quickly and, um, yeah, but sometimes it doesn't work. I've painted a few butterflies on fire. I'm not sure about them, but... Um... So what, what's, the, what's the process then? I mean, do you, do you, do you sit down on your easel and, and, and sort of decide in, fact, in, in the moment? <laughs> I rarely use my easel because my studio is such a mess. It's normally got something drying on it. So I'll just prop the painting up against some sort of uh, wall. And yeah, I, I, don't really, uh, I don't really sit down at my easel. It's very rare that I actually do that. It's normally for <laughs> when somebody says they need a photograph of me in my studio, um, I'll sit down at my easel. But... You see, I've got this vision now. That's, that's what I must have seen, all these sort of stage <laughs> studio pictures. <laughs> yes, I was like, oh, I better look like, you know, I sit like, down like at my easel. Like a proper artist. Yes, yes, but I rarely use my easel. Um, yeah, it's funny that, but I do have one. I just don't use it very much. <laughs> So, so animals are really, you know, obviously really important in, in your work. You've just told me about, you know, the issues, you know, with bees and sort of recognising the sort of endangered nature of some species. Is that, is that important to you? Yeah, it's definitely become more important, especially in the last few years. I suppose having a child and thinking about her future and how sad it will be that what if she doesn't get to see some of these animals when she's older? What if they're extinct? It's just... I mean, it's horrible. I mean, I mean, I've been aware of it since, you know, I was growing up in the mm, 80s, 90s, and they were sort of started to talk about polarised caps melting and all that then. And, you know, we're still talking about it now, and it just feels like um, we really haven't done enough. So, yeah, I suppose the last two years focusing on um, artwork for this Endangered Species book as well has brought <coughs> it all together, because I've had to focus on certain species for the book because it had to cover obviously water animals, land animals, airborne animals. And, 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 and this is your first book is it? Yes and I wasn't looking to do a book um, it just kind of found me. It was very random actually the, um, the publishers saw my artwork at an art fair 
and they contacted me asking if I would like to illustrate a, a children's book and I was sort of saying well that's not really what I do I'm like a fine artist and at the time I was doing a solo show called Survival about endangered animals in Nottingham with George Thornton Gallery and they were like oh that sounds interesting there could be a book in that and they had to pitch it to their sort of various people in their publishing company and but it must have been a great opportunity to, to do something like that yeah, it's very exciting. Um, it's, I mean, it's still exciting. It's completely it random out. as well. It was really random, but it was really cool because I'm supposed technically it's going to be um, in the children's section, so it's technically a children's book or, or an older children's book. But there aren't actually a lot of books because they obviously looked into it. There's not a lot of books, especially children's books, that deal with that subject matter. And um, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, the animals that I was depicting. Are they too dissolved? Is it too... Is it too dark? But the publishers were really good and they were like, no, no, um, we need to keep it sort of, you know, real. And yeah, they haven't really messed with the imagery much at all. So you've painted the, the imagery um, as you would do normally and then uh, yeah. they've, they've, uh, they've put text against this, is that right? Yes, they've brought in Anna Claiborne and she's done she's done lots of children's books, especially animal, animal-based ones. And um, they've obviously had ex an expert involved um, to make sure that it's all very factual because the charity Tusk um, sponsored the book or well, we've sponsored them, they're involved with the book and the chairman's done the foreword, so um, it has to all be, you know, very factual and correct. So they, they've, she's done the wording and I've done all the artwork and the, I suppose the initial died because it's called Survival, so it's, it's based on the show that I did back then, but it has evolved. Kind of <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> that sounds like a, you know, really, um, a you know, really good project to be part of. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been very exciting and I've, I've got me painting animals I wouldn't have painted otherwise, like um, rhinos I kind of avoided painting because their, their skin is just so complicated and it really challenged me and sharks and things like that I hadn't painted before. So it's a really good challenge and I actually ended up really enjoying painting them. So, so you'll be able to expand your own horizons as yeah. well by, by doing it? Absolutely, yeah, no, it's definitely done that. It's pushed me and that's always a good thing. Mm. In terms of the uh, favourite animals, then, do you have any that you like to paint? It's, it's always based on what you're doing at the moment, isn't it? I mean, at the moment I'm doing sort of lots of bees, I suppose. Um, I do love painting bees because they're just they're so intricate and yet fluffy and um, beautiful. But uh, lately I've been doing a lot of British wildlife like foxes and stags and hares and things. And so they're not necessarily endangered, so it's quite nice to have that get back to sort of... No, but I suppose more recognition of the, the nature that's around us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've been doing a lot more British wildlife in the last few weeks. Because, yeah, the book literally was only completed this year, even though it's been like a two-year project, because um, I didn't realise how things are so far in advance with publishing. So, yeah. You never know, that might be a new series, do you think? Well, I, I have started another series, actually, as Spirit Animals. Because I, I think my spirit animal, well, one of them is a fox, because since I was little, I've always been enchanted by foxes. Um, so, yeah, I am, I am starting a series on spirit animals. But a lot of British wildlife seem to be coming into that as well. <laughs> what would you say your inspirations are? Do you, do you draw uh, inspiration from any particular place? Not really. I mean, it's funny, my, my daughter does inspire me a lot because she see obviously she's four, so she see, sees things in a completely fresh way. And that's what started me painting the bees because she was, 
I think it must have been two years ago, she was about two years old and she was just fascinated by bees and the noise they made and, and it just drew my attention to them and, and it, it changed my perspective of them because I, well, I still am kind of scared of them. I just used to run away from them, but um, yeah, I, I couldn't run away from them because she was near them. So it forced me to look at bees and yeah, she inspires me a lot because she teaches me a lot as well. So she was, she was like intrigued by the bees. And yes, how it... and, and lots of other insects that, um, <laughs> Insects in general, yeah, should be picking up sort of those gra wood louse, were they those? Yeah, yeah. wood louse. Yeah, that curl up into a ball because she loved the fact that they curled up into a ball. But I, j oh, I just, <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> cope with that. She was bringing them into the house and um, that was, that was interesting. I love your body language at the moment. So obviously this is, this is audio. You're, you're like <laughs> hunched into a ball as soon as you mention wood louse. Oh God. Yourself. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I've never been great with creepy crawlies, but um, she loves them. So yeah, no, she's she's definitely opened my eyes to sort of um, the the smaller animals, like the insects and things. And I've I've also started painting beetles and stuff as well because oh. um, yeah, she really loves those. So sort of stag beetle. She found a stag beetle the other day under a log. Amazing. So yeah, no, she inspires me a lot. So do you? Um, so I mean, it sounds like she really likes to get out into nature and oh, into yeah. the dirt. And yeah. Stuff. That that's not you, is it not? It was when I was little, but not so much. I don't know where my phobia of like flying insects and bugs came from. I think they used to get stuck in my hair or something when I was little, and they just freaked me out. But um, she doesn't have that fear because she's, you know, she's like brand new. So um, I try not to, I try not to show her too much of it. But she has seen me like she's like, "Mummy, it's just a spider," and I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> well, isn't it great that sort of innocence at that at that age, where it's just yeah, it's just a spider. That's all it is. I know, and I'm just like, oh no, it's great. Yeah, she's very inspirational. Are, are we going to expect a series on spiders now? Is that? Is that... Uh, I think that might be a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a bit of an arachnophobe. But she's helped me actually get over some of my phobias. I'm not so afraid of bees at all anymore. I'm better with spiders. I can cope <laughs> with spiders up to a certain size now. And you were talking about sort of like, uh, you know, other things that interest you, so music and, and, and yeah, I, life in general. Yeah, I love, yeah, I love listening to music, obviously, when I'm painting. And I mean, I, I've got quite an eclectic music collection, but, you know, I, I do love like stuff from when I was a teenager. So like Nirvana and Foo Fighters and grunge based stuff and Skunk and Nancy and Muse. So I listen to a lot of that when I'm painting and I find that, yeah, the music kind of affects, you know, gives you ideas. And does it help with the process? Does it, does it help you block everything out and just... Yeah, it can do. Um, I've got some very loud neighbours. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So sometimes I like, I can hear them in my studio, so I just have to put music on really loudly and um, try and drown them out. So for this section, I just wanted to ask you about a memorable piece of art, something that, that really comes to mind and and ask you to just tell me about it. Well, what comes to mind was a show I saw about four years ago, or maybe it was more than that. It was at the White Cube Gallery, and it was Rakib Shaw, and it was called Paradise Lost. I think I've been reminded of it because I'm going to see another show today, which is called Paradise Lost, but I think it's in Italian, Magnus Gjuen. And so it's reminded me of that show, and I, I remember being there for uh, maybe an hour two hours and I was just completely captivated by the artwork it was so intricate and so big and his works based on sort of 
animals because it's kind of a bit narcissistic I'm always attracted to sort of animal based art even though I do it myself but it's it's very twisted it's like you know the animals are kind of contorted and they often are depicted in unusual things like resin and enamel and glitter and they often have sort of dark themes with bondage and gods and things like that and it's just it's just so it was just so mesmerizing and you could look at it for hours and the paintings were huge and they were strange shapes like hexagons and circles and it just kind of looked like some strange sort of uh, twisted church you know and it was just a very memorable show what, what, what sort of feelings do you get when you see a show like that just awe really the amount of work that had to go in that I, I don't think it was just him he must have had a team because it was just an insane amount of work. Just really aspirational and um, amazed. And when was that? When was that show? I think it was 2012 or 2013, around that time. No, I think it must have been 2012 because it's definitely when I was still at uni. So it was probably 2012. Don't quote me. <laughs> Can you tell me how you got involved with Art Republic? How did you? Um, it was really funny actually. Uh, my brother was living in Brighton at the time and he's really sweet. He um, He's really proud of my art and he went into their um, gallery and he was like, my sister's an artist, what do you think of her work? And he showed it to them on my mobile, his mobile phone. And um, they were like, oh yeah, that's, that's cool. You should get in contact with Ben, who's like, well, he's the senior art liaison person now. I think he probably was at the time, because it was only a few years ago, two, two or three years ago. And so I made contact with Ben and he was like, oh yeah, we, we could definitely do something. We could work together. And so I sent him images and we decided on what would be a good first sort of set of prints. What was the first set? Do you remember the prints that you sent? There was a set of stags rutting, a zebra on a brightly coloured background. I think, on the yellow, and some peacocks. But yeah, quite a lot from the neon stuff I was doing at the time. So I've seen you you're there quite a bit recently. I mean, there's the 25-year event recently, and then the art yard sale, you, you seem to be a, a, a good part of that. Yeah, they were a big part in me moving away from being with an exclusive gallery. They really sort of opened up my whole eyes to the um, printing side of things and doing limited editions and the potential in that. And that, that whole limited edition thing, is that because you do a lot more of those now? So before you yes. might have been just doing original canvases, but now I notice you do a yes. lot of... Yes, print. I was just doing originals when I was with the gallery sort of exclusively, but obviously if I wanted to be in other galleries and have more affordable works at different price points, limited editions made sense. And is that something you'd wanted to do for a while, the limited edition thing? Yeah, it was something that obviously, because the originals were selling so well and so fast, I was, I was actually kind of starting to burn out producing that amount of work. And I just thought it was the le next sort of logical step. But I just didn't really know how to go about it. And um, yeah, they were really helpful in sort of sourcing my printers, Tin Dogs, who basically do all my prints. Yeah, they were just so supportive and so helpful. And, and they just... They really champion the artist and they don't try and um, keep you to themselves. They're just, yeah, really supportive. You mentioned affordability there because there is a price point that you get when you're in mm. originals, but, mm. but obviously there's people that would love your art anyway. So mm. is that is it important for people to have accessible art for people? Oh yeah, completely. I mean, yeah, I, I'd like as many people that want a piece to be able to get hold of a piece. So yeah, I, I, think, I think that's very important, absolutely. What sort of art do you have in your own home? Not a lot because our house is a bit of a working process. 
process, work in progress. We've only really done one room, which is the kitchen. So there isn't really a lot of art at the moment. There's a bit of art up in my bedroom. The name escapes me at the moment. <laughs> that's the only room that's got art in at the moment. Oh. Martin Whitfooth, that's it. Martin Whitfooth. Um, I've got three of his prints, artist proofs in my bedroom. So, And they taught me all about artist proofs. I had no idea. Art Republic, so... Yeah. I don't even know if I know what an artist proof is. An is artist that? proof, a printer's proof. It's the first pieces you get from the printer to check that the colours are okay and everything's as it should be. The first one's done before you do the edition. Um, so, yeah, they can sometimes be a little bit different from the edition, a bit more collectible. So what's, what's, uh, what's, the, what's, the, next, what's the, the next plan after the book? After the book? Um, do a bit of publicity with the book, see what happens. Started doing a spirit animal series, I'll see where that goes. I purposefully haven't really planned any solo shows this year because I did three or four last year. Just sort of getting more back into the work and um, seeing where, where the ideas take me. If there was uh, an animal or a bird or, or anything that you wanted to paint but haven't done yet, what do you reckon that would be? Haven't done? Well, I, I've done it on a small scale. I've done a blue bee, quite small, but I wanted to do a big blue bee. But then I was kind of like, I'm not sure who would buy a big blue bee. Are blue bees a thing? Yeah, they're uh, Asian carpenter bees. They're like fluffy blue bees that you get in like China. I think I think the blue bees have got to be a thing. <laughs> they're really cool. Yeah, not. Of course, they're cool. They're a blue bee. What would it be cooler <laughs> than that? <laughs> pink bee, but I haven't come across a pink bee. Oh, I'm sure. Well, it's, that's where the fantasy element comes in, right? So, a pink bee <laughs> I'll can paint be. A pink bee. I'm always. Uh, I've got like a list of things I want to paint, and yeah, it's just sort of you have to kind of balance your time with commissions and um, stuff you need to. To, you know you need to get done and I've just I've got the opposite problem I'm like overly inspired and I've got too many things I want to do rather than scrabbling for ideas there's too many I ideas. suppose that's a good place to be though right sometimes <laughs> I just feel like I'm never getting round to it all but um yeah yeah Louise thanks for joining me on art related nonsense today thank you